You be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. And you're listening to Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the Mormon Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Todd. Hello. And a very special guest. We have Jake Shavink on. The uh, He's a NFL draft analyst from NFL Mocks. Uh, Jake, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, excited to talk about uh, the draft today. And obviously, we had some big news today. So. <laughs> Yeah, the timing couldn't have been any better. We had this episode planned for about a week, and then all of a sudden the Rogers trade news dropped, and it couldn't have worked out any better for us. But figure we got to start right there. The news came out, God, I don't know, about 4 o'clock today, just out of nowhere. It, it had been up for a few minutes. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is actually real. And like double-clicking Twitter to make sure it was the real Adam Schefter and everything with <laughs> how Twitter is nowadays. But uh yeah, a little surprising. Packers obviously trade away Aaron Rodgers in a fifth-round pick this year, and they swap 13 with 15. They get 42 from the Jets and a sixth-round pick this year, and additionally, a conditional second-round pick next year, which could, pr- which will probably be a first as long as Rodgers doesn't get hurt. But I like to think I of would... it as a conditional first-round pick, you know, <laughs> not the other way around. That's more fun for me. Hopefully, yeah. I was... I was like working things in my head too. Like what if the jets are really bad? Like, you know, say they're 12 games in and they've only got like three wins and then they're starting to do math to see if they should just start sitting Rogers so that they can keep their first round pick, but pretty big day, obviously. Um, sounds like the trade won't be finalized until tomorrow, but Jake, I mean, Todd and I have talked about the Rogers stuff. It, it's almost not as shocking that it happened just because it was so inevitable up until this point. But what are your initial thoughts on the trade? Um, I know people are talking about the pick swap. I wasn't sure that was going to happen. I wasn't. I was like, I mean, that you could you could make an argument. Both teams have a tackle need. One is more immediate. One is more down the road that like the Jets would do a pick swap to give the Packers a chance to get a tackle that they would want. Uh, that that kind of shocked me a little bit. And then obviously. Going conditional into a one without any like make the playoffs or get to an AFC championship game. Very strange. Like the 65% snaps. Very weird. That's like that was very like Carson Wentz-esque trade. Like that was just kind of very odd. Like it seemed like the Jets kind of were like, all right, we gotta get this done now. No more messing around. Like we need to know who we're picking, right? We need to know how everything's gonna be set up and with and they still have a one and a two, but like they gotta figure things out two days out so yeah it uh it was pretty weird too because the reports were that woody johnson was actually the one that was starting to get cold feet and and it was referenced the russell wilson trade from last year is what started that and for what the conditions are it really doesn't stop a russell wilson type of decline if rogers were to you know have that to affect the jets next year so i don't know it was and like you said it was 
everything was like AFC championship for a conditional. So for it to just be 65%, I couldn't believe that that's all it ended up being. Yeah. That's such a small number too. It's not 75, 80%. Like that's just under two thirds is also very odd. Yeah. And like you said too, it's odd too with the offensive tackle. You assume there's going to be some type of run in, you know, the late tens, those early fifth or teen numbers there. And I don't know. We're going to, I like it because we're going to have a couple options. It does feel like maybe we're doing that to just move up and get in front of the Patriots who could potentially be looking at a wide receiver as well. But I know we'll have to see Todd. What were your thoughts on the trade? I just saying I was really happy for it to be over. That was my initial thought. And then obviously seeing, you know, I thought, I don't know. I kind of thought we came out ahead on that. And I thought it was interesting. But I don't, I hadn't seen a lot of that where it's like this 65% of the snaps or whatever. I thought that was really kind of an odd thing to see. I mean, I guess maybe it happens. You had mentioned a Carson Wentz trade. I guess I just hadn't seen that before. But that was really interesting. But I just, I was kind of just relieved to go into, maybe more excited for the draft to go into the draft, like having closure like i've talked about before like i don't want to like kick a hall of famer out the door but like the situation surrounding rogers i think is really frustrating (laughs) so that was kind of just like i was a little bit relieved to just like put it to rest it was exhausting like i guess i said it was inevitable but at the same time it was like oh wow it actually happened because i looked at the date and i'm like geez it was like freaking two months ago where we kind of got that news that he was going to get traded. And I can't remember there ever being a case where you knew someone was going to get traded, but it took as long as it did. I mean, I can't complain with the results, but very, very weird all around. Um, but I guess it's nice to finally be able to move on, focus on the draft. I was even thinking, too, I, w- I thought maybe because there's obviously a lot of spike going on between Rodgers and Goody that maybe... Goody was just going to wait and then trade him on either Thursday or Friday. So Rogers couldn't get that big, you know, everyone's talking about him for a day, but he got his full day of everyone talking about Rogers watch. So nice to be past that. But I guess a little bit more important for the Packers going forward. We might as well jump into the draft. Um, I don't know. Todd, have you, you've done some digging on, on the prospects this year, right? I, I mean, like, a little bit. I mean, as far as I did watch the Combine, specifically the tight end portion, um, just, I don't know, it feels like... It just would be so fun to have a big athletic tight end, you know, maybe one from Georgia. Who knows? We don't know. But, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Not a ton. So Yeah, I like doing the, like, fantasy football scouting just being in like dynasty leagues, it's like, okay, I can look at receivers and be like, okay, this guy looks looks good. It's like, uh, you know, Jalen Hyatt this year. I'm like, okay, this guy looks good, but at the same time, maybe he's not going to be as wide open as he seemed to be on every play going forward. But that's why we have Jake on. Jake has a bunch of excellent videos on YouTube. I've been binging those for the last month while you've been breaking down the different potential prospects that the Packers have this year. But... I think we can just jump right into it. A lot of needs this year. And I think we got to start where it's probably where I'm leaning right now. And that's offensive tackle. Packers obviously now have the 13th pick. There's been a lot of chatter for what's going to happen there. But obviously with David Bakhtiari this upcoming year, 
probably going to be his last year. I wouldn't actually be shocked if we ended up trading him, depending on how the season goes mid-year. But with that $40 million cap hit next year, pretty tough to keep him around. And Yash Nyman being, you know, coming back on the one-year tender. Zach Tom, I feel like we're going to kick him in at center. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to have some type of battle there in training camp with uh, Myers. But I guess, Jake, starting things off, what are you thinking at tackle? Darnell Wright? Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson seem to be the guys that pop up, but what are you thinking there? Yeah, it does. It does seem like it, it would be strange. I think the Packers have kind of geared towards guys with Skaronsky's arm length are just not tackles to them, which is fair. I, there are plenty of teams that do that and that's totally fine. So yeah, I think it comes down to those three. I think if, I think if Paris Johnson is there, I think they, I think that's the move for them. I, I, I imagine he won't be. We'll see. We have no idea. The draft is going to be probably the most unknown it's been in I, I don't know how long. But for me, Johnson just has all of the functional athleticism you want at tackle. Like you, you watch him in the run game. You watch the quicks. You watch him be able to sustain blocks on the move. Incredibly balanced, right? Like zone blocking is going to be, you know, he's going to snap right into it and like thrive in zone blocking right away. Like second level is no problem. So I really like that. I think. For him, it's just working like footwork and body positioning off the snap in terms of pass protection, I think is like the weakness right now. And he does have wide hands. I think him and Jones both have, have that type of thing where they're kind of trying to absorb rushers rather than be more proactive uh, in terms of initiating contact. But I think you can easily work on that with a guy, the athletic upside of, of Johnson. And same with Jones, right? Jones... Feels like his is obviously a little more stark that you can see it. Like there are times where you can freeze it and you just see they're just bare paws so wide. And he's like, I'm just going to absorb everybody who comes into me. No problem. Doesn't like anchor traditionally, which is weird as well. Like you don't see him sink hips as much as some of these other guys. But I think him for him, it's just balance issues and staying kind of within himself. And if he can do that, including working on obviously hand placement and and then being more active, proactive with with his strikes. Like either one of these guys, I think, is a home run pick at, at 13 now. And I think Johnson might give you even more flexibility, right? We we talk about like where the best five are going to line up for the Packers. Like, like you mentioned, Spencer, like Zach Tom, maybe he's moving into center. And that leaves, you know, maybe it's a hole at tackle that that Johnson fills. Obviously, he's played right guard. We know that. Like he played that in 2021. So I think Johnson's a home run guy. I think Jones is in a perfect situation where he can fix a lot of the issues he has in terms and, and be like the Rashawn Gary red shirt of offensive tackle for them. In terms of Darnell Wright, I, I think he's ready made for pass protection. Like th- there's no doubt. Like when you watch him against Ojalari Anderson, right? When Brzee and Carter are getting reps on the edge, right? He's handling all of them well because he's, really good technique wise like balance wise he he resets his hands when he needs to he's just he's a brick house in pass protection so for me for him it's just he waist bends a lot that's really the big concern in terms of pass protection and he kind of like just he's kind of a collision player when he's run blocking he's just like i'm just gonna run into this guy (laughs) there's no sustainment (laughs) going on like just you know this running back will figure it out if i just run into this guy so a little bit more raw in that regard and i feel like that may be why LaFleur and Goody, when they talk, you know, about, okay, who should we select? I, I'm wondering if LaFleur is kind of like, yeah, this guy in the run game, I don't want to teach him all this stuff. You know, he's kind of just bull in a china shop. I want more of these ready-made run blockers. So 
I think they'll lean Johnson or Jones if either available. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Jones is available at 13. We'll see about, like you said, that mini run. Who knows? It could start at seven with Vegas. Now there's talk about Arizona at three. Like I, we have no idea when it's going to start, but there's a chance. I still think that Jones is available when they pick. Yeah. And because it seems like Pierce Johnson was the guy who was initially kind of mocked in the top 10. And now it seems more, you know, there's more chatter that he could be there. But yeah, Broderick Jones seems nice, kind of like what we're talking to with, like you're saying, Gary with a red shirt year, because he seems to have a higher ceiling than those other guys. And Darnell Wright, I mean, he, when I, when I see like pictures of him, I'm like, this is just in like ugly body, Mark Tauscher, just goes out there and gets the job done. Isn't like, you know, he's a guard that tackles look, body. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like it's not pretty, but he gets the job done. I agree. Yeah, I think, and that that's the other thing. There's been conversations about that as well. With right, it's like, can you just move him inside? And that's where I'm like, that that makes me a little more hesitant. That that like that chatter's going around. It's like, I, then if, if the Packers see him as a guard, right? But he's athletic enough, and, and it's just like fixing some really tiny tweaks with him and pass protection. Like it's not. You know, like I said, the waist bending, that's that's easily correctable. You know, they they got good old line coaches, they can figure that out. But yeah, Wright is just like you would you would plug him over there and you'd feel really good about the next five years because you just know, like, okay, Jordan Love can scramble a little bit, right? If he's gonna if he's gonna have to do that at all, and, and Wright's gonna be able to stay in front of the guy. Period. Right. So what if there's yeah. a run and you know, the top four aren't there? Is there an option in the later rounds that you like? Yeah, I think that what's very interesting about this tackle class is I've I've kind of like thought about this in my head. It's like if it's if it's not at 13 and obviously 15, you know, think about it earlier this week, but like I would wait quite a bit longer. I would not force the issue. Maybe well, there's maybe one guy, but I feel like Cody Mock in the second round feels like a Packer. He's like he's like ready made like okay, play tackle, which they like. Move him inside though. And you have Jenkins mm-hmm. and Mock playing guard, which I think Runyon's in his last year, if I'm not mistaken. And I hadn't even thought of Runyon. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he's in his last year, which makes me think like the Mock pick, if he's there, might even be like potentially set in stone. Now they got two of them sitting there. But if it's not Mock, if they're really like going actually like tackle, there's quite a few later. I think the other Oklahoma guy we didn't mention, Anton Harrison, really is is that one of those fringe first round, probably gonna go in the twenties type of guys. But Wanya Morris is running bait on the right side, another guy who I think is very much like right in that he is sort of more ready made pass protector than anything. Uh the run game needs work. Like Oklahoma ran RPOs, right? They didn't run like all this complicated where you're oh, you're in pass sets forever. So that's like going to be probably a little more of a transition for him. But I think in Mobile, he showed that like I can vertical set. I can get wide, like all these things. I can still control guys with my hands, a powerful player. So I like him quite a bit. I think Carter Warren from Pitts, another one where he has. I remember he played like 11 snaps at right tackle, but he's got like 800 or something at left tackle. And another guy who has dropped some weight. I think he's really fluid and quick out there. He's just an older guy who I think has been in. In college long enough where guys are like, all right, well, he hasn't really, you know, upped his game to a level. We see this tremendous upside, but I think he is somebody I'd key in and key in on it for sure. In the later rounds, I think Nick Seldavari is the other one. Old Dominion, extremely position flexible. I think he's played left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle. He's played everywhere but center. 
and he got a lot of reps at, I think, left guard, right guard, right tackle, and mobile. And uh, just, again, another guy that Cody Bockville, like smaller school, find his find his position, and, you know, if he sticks, he's going to be there a okay. long time. Yeah, and, man, especially under Goody, it's been crazy how, like, we thought Elton was amazing when he shows up and plays guard, tackle is fine, and then we get Zach Tom, who's doing the same thing, and now it sounds like we got some more versatile guys this year too but yeah and god i'd even think of that with uh this being uh with running being in a contract year because even on the packers website at least last year they might have changed it now but they listed myers as an offensive lineman they didn't even say center so Hmm. i wouldn't be shocked and i hope we hear it because i don't think zach tom took many snaps at all last training camp at center but if we could you don't want to monkey around too much but god if you know, Zach Tom plays center, and then maybe eventually Josh Myers kicks out to guard. I don't know how well he'd be able to translate, but uh, that'd be something too to look out for. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's interesting to see, like, the type the Packs have brought in. Like, they love their pass protectors. They don't love, like, the true, like, get after it maulers in the run game very much. Like, Elton Jenkins, clearly their best run blocker. Um, and he's, like, he's like fine. He's, he's He can be really good, but, like, They've they've always opted for guys who can pass protect. I wonder if that changes at all this year now that like Rodgers isn't like scrambling back there all the time. Right. Right. And you hope Love's just gonna run this offense. He's gonna, you know, get the ball out quick and you're able to run it more with Jones and Dylan. If you're gonna go after some of these maulers at guard and you maybe get true guards rather than than tackles, like there's just the options are endless with how like if they tune the offense a specific way, how the offensive line evals and, and selections can change. Yeah, God, we even saw that last year, that last game against the Lions, where we just could not do anything. God, I just, I didn't want to. I got like PTSD thinking of the Alan Lazard jet sweep on fourth <laughs> and one on her. That was brutal. But uh, yeah, moving on to more fun things. Wide receiver in this. Again, it's when Goody took over. It was nice, especially like in 2019. Going into these drafts, we usually don't have like clear holes. Like we at least have a roster put together where you could potentially go into week one with who you have. But this year with like wide receiver and tight end, there is just holes. Cause right now, I mean, there's this time last year, no one on the Packers roster was in the NFL. Our only wideouts are Christian Watson, Romeo dubs, Murray Torre, Bo Melton and Jeff Cotton. Bo Melton. I think he, I think he even had a visit with us last year. Yes. So he, he might be someone that people are sleeping on too. But I think we've got to be taking one early. And it there's rumors out there that, uh, God, who was it? That Tony Pauline or whatever tweeted out that the rumors of the Packers moved up to potentially go after JSN. Uh, Jake, I figure we might as well just start there. He seems to be, you know, we got Watson on the outside. Romeo, who tends, he could play that uh, outside spot as well. But that slot role seems kind of perfect if JSN could just slip right in there. Yeah. Absolutely. I have put, I have gone full Sonny Weaver Jr. Put the, put the little note notepad on my, <laughs> on my desk over here. that says JSN, no matter what at 13, I, I just, I think this is as tailor made a fit as you're going to find right now for them. And like, you could, you could argue that like the Packers, maybe they want more speed and like Hyatt or Johnston is, is like something they would want. And that makes total sense. Like if they want more explosive plays, sure. But JSN, the only thing he lacks is he's not super fast. Like he does everything else that that you could want a receiver. And I understand that we may be kind of like building him up to like a level of Garrett Wilson recently. Like I think the hype train is kind of 
like, oh, he's consensus one and he's consensus one by a mile, which, okay, maybe. Like, I think a lot of people, uh, including myself, is is my only round one grade at the position, but I think we need to maybe temper it a little bit. Like, I don't know if he's going to be like this ridiculously good one. I think we're looking more, you know, Keenan Allen type of thing where he's like, ah, he's kind of been a one. Like, he can win outside and inside. But I don't think we should be expecting like Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams out of out of JSN. But the guy just knows where to be against zone. He understands coverages, right? Like you, you watch him in, in the Utah game where he's understanding it's split field coverage and he knows, OK, I'm running the seam route. I got to bend it off like he, he already knows. And, and it's very clear that that he understands all of that. Like, where's the where's the hole in the zone going to be? I'm going to find it. And when he's got, you know, a, a man on him, right, when he's leveraged one way or the other, he's like, all right, how do I? How do I move him? I don't have to run a traditional route to move this player, right? I can get kind of wonky with with movements to kind of continue to move leverage on this on this defensive back. I'm going to find a way to get open. I, I can use route pacing. I know I'm not super fast, but, you know, if I come off the line really slow, you know, I can generate a little burst, which he has. And obviously that's how he wins after the catch, but he can generate a little burst, get guys to open. And he's got unbelievable gobs of space underneath because guys are turning even even the, even when they know he's not fast. So just combining with what he does as a route runner, like I think he's better at the catch point in traffic than he's even given credit for. Honestly, like there's a rep against Oregon in the opener in 2021. I know it's it stinks to go all the way back to 2021. We didn't get to see him really last year at all, but he's a guy's even with him because again he's not super fast. So what does he do? You know, Stroud puts a good ball up and lets him go elevate for the football where where he's only going to get it right. He can go elevate, and against Michigan, he had to like wrap around a defender to catch a ball. Like just a ridiculous catch. And so you combine like all three phases of the game and where he wins and like understanding, okay, this is the route runner to to Watson's sort of take up as much space as possible, run to the open route, like the Jalen Hyatt of the Packers basically, but with way more speed, you know, way more size, like does everything else. And you let JSN come in and either be your Z, be your slot. I think he can do both, honestly, against like press or anything, especially because again, we see a lot of zone in the league now that's not like you know you're facing Jalen Ramsey every week right you're not you're not getting that so I I it's tailor-made really there there isn't another player necessarily where I'm like ah that's just it's it's perfect like there are definitely fits uh, around like the you know the second third fourth round but JSN just it, it's it's as comfy as it gets yeah it's a goofy year too and of course you know we're picking higher in the first than we usually do but the wide receiver that there's really just not that market this year. And on top of that, you know, the Packers are, you know, they're known for having their type of guys that they go after. And what is it like 12 of the top 20 are like under 180 pounds this year. And we're used to only drafting guys who are like over 190 or 200 pounds. I always get mixed up between them and corner, but yeah, there's just, I don't know. You mentioned like Jalen Hyatt there too. Maybe those are guys if we don't get JSN in the first round, potentially with one of those second round picks, I know you talked about in the past, uh, Cedric Tillman, but like him versus Hyatt, Jonathan Mingo, Rasheed Rice, you know, uh, A.T. Perry, all these guys and Wicks who they brought in too, who I didn't, I don't know, Wicks' tape, it's just, it's very like rudimentary to me. But what do you think about those other guys in the back half, probably around the second and third round? I would not be mad at all if Tillman was the second round pick. Uh, if it was 42 or 45 for him, honestly, just because I think he 
he gives you the option to throw Dobbs in the slot where Dobbs might even be more effective uh, than, than he is as a Z, which again, no, obviously exceeding expectations of fourth round pick last year for Dobbs, no matter, you know, the injuries and whatnot that, that he kind of dealt with and missed some games. But Tillman's going to give you a guy that, you know, if, if Jordan loves a little bit off, right, he, he's kind of going to be a best friend. You know, I'll adjust to this football for you. I'll go win the football for you. Like throw it up to me in the red zone. I got you. And another guy who blocks his butt off, I think another guy who is really adaptable against press and and its variations where, you know, he can handle the quick jam. He's big and strong enough to handle it, and, and he'll swipe, get out of the way. He'll win the slant route, no problem. And that's, I think, something that LaFleur is going to like as well with, with Tillman. And I think you see a little bit of, like, he isn't, I think he ran like 4.54 or something at the combine, which, again, not overly fast. That's just how it is. Like, this class is small, and they're not, like, super fast. It is it is what it is. But I think Tillman, when he gets up to speed, when it's like 10 or 15 yards, that buildup speed is pretty good. And he's tough to catch when he's, you know, got five, six strides down the field. There's some, I think it was, a, he had obviously two incredible games in 2021 against Bama and Georgia, uh, you know, just absolutely dominant performances. And, you know, he makes one guy miss and he kind of shrugs the tackle off and he's off to the races and it's tough to corral him. So I think Tillman is tailor-made as well in the second round. I think, he, again, it fits perfectly with them. He's like 6'3", 213. That's 100% where they've gone normally at a receiver in terms of size. Makes sense there. Hyatt would be really cool because it's, you know, it's breaking the threshold completely. It's like, yes, this is a 176-pound receiver. Like, we don't care. He's got good speed and he got great hands too, by the way. And that's like the one thing that people don't bring up as often as a trump card for him, but like he catches everything too. So anyway, either of the Tennessee guys, I know there's a lot of Packers fans that are, that are kind of pounding the table for Jalen Hyatt later because he didn't run, you know, four, two. So he's not going to go probably in the first round, but I, I think you can't go wrong with either of the Tennessee guys. I'd prefer Tillman as well, but again, if they want more speed, I, I'm in with a guy like Hyatt. That's fine. What do you think about uh Dell out of Houston? Yeah. Um, I really wanted to really like Tank Dell. I'm worried that like the last two years, I've been really like brought in by like Dwayne Eskridge and Sky Moore. I'm worried it's it's happening again, and like oh, it's the mid major, you know, smaller guy. He gets open. He's he's you know explosive and whatnot. And it's like he is he is so much fun. He's There's super no doubt. Fun to watch. Yes, and like he is, I think a way better version in terms of like route running and separation quickness than like Tutu Atwell was. Cause he's going to get that cop because he's like that small. Uh, Tutu Atwell was literally speed. Um, <laughs> it was just literally like, I have to run in a straight line to be fast. <laughs> um, where Dell is like, yeah, he just gets open. His pacing is unbelievable. Uh, I probably wouldn't take him in the second. I just feel like there's going to be just a lot of other like positions. Like we have, we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about tight end a lot here in a bit like third round sure you know if you want to go that route that's that's fine i'm just again i i'm terrified that we're getting tutu atwell jalen dardened uh what else yeah more eskridge like we're, we're getting that i'm getting that same vibe there and that's like i think that there are limits to where i think i would like start to bet on these small guys and i think he's kind of a little bit past it I think he can carve out a role in the league. Like, I'm not going to be like overly upset if the Packers draft him. Maybe a little bit at 42, 45, yeah. but, but I, yeah, a dynamic player who like, you know, if, if, especially this, if the Packers didn't have Keyshawn Nixon, oh yeah, day three, grab him to be a returner. Okay. 
Like he's sure. going to be a great returner. I, I think he has that potential for sure. Receiver, we'll see. Like even even against zone coverage, you know, some of these slot guys that they're getting feisty in the league now. And anytime they breathe on him when he's in his stem, it's going to be like five yards in one direction or the other. And that's that's going to be the tough, I think, the tough selling point for Dell. Yeah, I heard a stat. God, I was listening to a fantasy football podcast the other day, Dynasty One, and it was something the top 50 wide receivers over the past however many years, there's only, it was four or five of them were under 170 pounds or under 180 pounds, something like that. And it's just like, you know, you see these guys and I'm sure Flowers falls under that too, where you're like, oh my God, like they're just blowing up. And I feel like the college game is just, shifted so much to speed and it'll be interesting to see how that'll translate with some of these smaller guys going in the NFL next year. But uh, yeah, tight end again, I don't know. I've, I've never been more intrigued by tight end than this year, especially like last year, there wasn't many options. It seemed like I liked uh, God, the, the guy who went to the, what, what's his name? The moose who went to the Colts. Oh, Jelani um, Woods. Yeah. I, I was trying to go after him in dynasty too, but this year, I mean, a lot of different options. Michael Meyer from Notre Dame, he kind of, he going into the draft, you know, the whole process, he seemed to be the clear cut number one. He seemed to have fallen off a bit. Darnell Washington from Georgia, just absolute animal, just a creature. And then Dalton Kincaid, too, from Cincinnati. Um, at first, it was reported that all three of those guys visited with the Packers, but now it came out today that Michael Meyer never did. But the Packers, you know, kind of looking more for that inline tight end that they don't have on the roster right now, where it's Josiah DeGuara, Josiah DeGuara and Tyler Davis, and then two guys I've never heard of who are on the roster. Like, that's really it at this point. But I don't know if those guys will be in play at 15. I like the tight ends this year, but now we're kind of in that, you know, weird spot where I don't know if we'll be able to get any of those top three guys who I really love. I'm a Darnell Washington guy. But then there's so many other guys too, you know, like Sam Laporta and all these others. What are you thinking? Well, you know, once again, we have these options, but what do you think the Packers might do at tight end? Yeah, I I was going to save this for bold predictions, but I feel like they're coming away with three. And it, the third one might be Ooh. UDFA. I think they're going to come away with three. Like they have a lot of picks in round seven and they just added 207. I can't imagine they're picking they're they're making all those picks. I think they're gonna move up. I think they're gonna find, you know, a tight end probably on day three after they take one on at least on day two, uh, to probably kind of be foils to each other, I'm sure. And and again, I think there will be a, a third guy that they might pick up as a UDFA. Yeah, I, I I'm struggling so much because I think, you know, it, it'd be super fun that if like Kincaid's one of the, I think the consensus picks right now in mock drafts. Like if you look right now, I think Kincaid's kind of separated himself yeah. from kind of, I think, I think probably Murphy and Van Ness are probably the other two at this point. I want to say JSN's obviously in the mix as well, but yeah, Kincaid, man, I keep going back to like, and I, I'm a hundred percent. I think I'm bored with this. Like I know, um, Denny Kelly at the ringer, he he put in his draft guide, like he he does the shades of as his comparison and he goes and he, his shades of is I know who it is, but I don't want to say it. And everybody knows who it is. Like he's basically saying like, this is Travis Kelsey again. And you're just like that can't, it can't be possible. But then you look at him and like the, the, the leap he took this year in terms of force missed tackles with the ball in his hand, you just look at it and you're like, how does he find a way? 
it doesn't make sense. He, he's he is the, the 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 living incarnation of Jurassic Park. The, the 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 whole theme of Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. I have no idea how he gets out of these situations and and finds a way to to pick up yardage after the catch. But darn it, he does. And it can be like you know a guy going for a tackle at his hip, and somehow he maintains balance. Like he has rare quicks for the position that that helps him get open, no doubt about it. And so he can use that as well in his toolbox after the catch. But like just kind of finds his way because he's not like this overly fast guy, right? Like tight ends, we we don't see them on the field as like fast guys. So for him just to kind of find a way and like has, has put together this insane season in 2022, it's just like, yeah, he it, you, you just gravitate to him because he's, he's such an exciting player. And obviously he's not going to be the inline tight end that the Packers look for, right? They'll, they'll have to find his foil for sure. But like a trade down, to get Kincaid wouldn't rule that out because we obviously have Green Bay has surprised us every year. Like we think we know and we don't Yeah, like Quay yeah. Walker comes out of nowhere, right? A week before the draft, it's like, Oh, Quay Walker's going to the first and you're like, ah, that can't be right. <laughs> they paid Campbell. They're not going to do that, but you know, you just never know. So I, I do like Kincaid, but I think the sweet spot is going to be probably at 42 and 45. Like I will be driving the Tucker craft train. If they do not take, you know, Kincaid or Laporta, that's a train I'll be driving because I think he has running back level elusiveness. He played the, he played the running back position before he transitioned to tight end. And he's, he can be nasty as a finisher too. And I, I think he's like two fifty four Cause I know we talk about how well I think mayor has improved as a blocker in line. I think craft can do that as well. And he might be hmm. the multifaceted tight end that in five years we're like, wow, he is impressive. How was he not like the second or third guy off the off the board? Yeah, God, wasn't he? Because that's the South Dakota State kid, right? Yep. Yeah, because was he was like offered a spot at Alabama, and he decided to stay at South Dakota for the year. That's really shocking yes, to hear. I did yeah. not know that. Yep he got a yep. he got a deal in like the million range or so, like nil wise. Wow. Turned down, turned down seven figures. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Literally, yeah, probably crazy. But. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wonder because, man, because they're saying a lot of these guys still might go in the top 100 because, you know, there's like Sam Laporte and, well, that uh, Zach Kuntz isn't actually one of the guys being mocked up there, but there's just so many intriguing prospects. I wonder how it's going to fall. Like, it does make more and more sense you for your bold prediction, potentially taking three guys. The only thing with, like, Laporta, though, is that, like, he's not like a, he's not a tight end. He's a but he's like a receiver. He's like super he's Robert like if, Tunyon. If you just fed a slot, just just force fed him. Like I don't like he's big, but like he doesn't move like a tight end. I don't know. Just from like the little bit that I watch, he doesn't really seem to. I mean, as far as like an Iowa, you know, background, he doesn't really seem like he cares for blocking all that much. He's out running around all the time. I don't know. It just is like doesn't feel like a tight end to me as much. I don't know. It was one of yeah one of those things too when I was like looking at names and just watching game tape and stuff. I got to him and I just assumed he was good at blocking because he was from Iowa, you know. But not the case with him. I will say, um, I will say with him, I, I there's another guy I think people should definitely be watching on YouTube and Mike Wall, who obviously former Packer, but he's done a lot of like you know snapshots in some of the top guys. And I know we didn't mention Musgrave, but Musgrave definitely obviously another guy you know straight line speed like. Probably the catch radius is, is monstrous. Like this is 
probably he's he's more in the Gasicki mold, right? Where it's just like, ah, run down the field. We'll get you the ball, like you know, playing the straight line that you can, but it's interesting to watch. Like you pay attention a little bit closer to blocking when when Wall is talking about these guys. But he talked about both of Musgrave and Laporta as guys who don't stand up when they block. They work low to high. They keep the hips low and they drive from the hips from the core and stay low into their blocks. And went back, looked at Laporta against Illinois, and he definitely does that. And that's at least encouraging. He's still obviously like I think two forty five. So the size is probably going to be the biggest detractor of him not playing in line, but it's interesting to see him and him and Musgrave of the, of the guys who, you know, probably aren't considered the inline players have some pretty solid technique. And I guess it's not shocking that Laporta has good technique because he he's at Iowa. Like they, they coach him up well, but it, it, it will be interesting to see because one of these guys who is, is, you know, kind of hovering around that 245 to 255 range is going to figure it out as a blocker. And, and, I, I am fascinated to figure out who that's going to be. Yeah, God, I'm curious to see how it shakes out because I uh, sometimes I just think too much about narratives and you know knucklehead fans and what they're going to say. But it's like it's looking like a pretty good year that potentially you know if JSN falls, we could take him and then get like a pass catching tight end in the second. And everyone would be like, oh my God, look. Rogers leaves and now they're finally actually trying to get weapons. It's like I don't know. I got getting too far ahead of myself there. But moving on well, to are we going to move on without talking about Darnell Washington? <laughs> I was going to say yeah. when talking talking about blocking, it's like you watch him and I. It's like it doesn't even matter. He's just so much bigger than anyone he's, he's going up against. It seems like is he like? Do you think like is he like the guy who's got all the tools but just like it doesn't ever pan out. Like, is he just like an athletic freak, but that just winds up being a bust at the end? Like, that's the way I kind of feel about him. Like, he's so exciting watching him. Like, the way he had that one-handed catch in the combine, I'm just like, oh my God, like, this guy's so fun. But like, I don't know. What's the knock on him? Well, there are knocks that have gone rumor-wise around the league that about him. But I think the, the knock with him in terms of like on the field stuff is and he just there are sometimes and I think this is legitimately the issue is like he's young still right he's like he's still 21 I believe I think he's still like coming into his body of sorts like he, he, he there are times where he like everything looks fluid he looks like he's running fast he's gliding and then there are times where it looks like he has a piano on his back and he looks really clunky when he runs and like clunky movements like that you're not going to get open and like, I get it, you're big, but so is, like, Tremaine Edmonds, right, who you're probably going to see a bunch over the middle of the field if you come to Green Bay. Like, he is not going to give you an inch, and I know you're big, but he is too, and he's got, you know, giant wingspan, like, he's not going to give you anything. And it is certainly fun to watch Washington, like, there's one against Missouri where he just goes up and gets it, and, like, contact to him seems to be, like, it's I don't nothing. know. It's like a fly hitting someone. That's it's basically what it is sometimes for him. And like against Oregon this past year, he's just oh yeah, this guy just tried to wrap me up like correctly, <laughs> correctly. Like great form tackles. Like nah, I'm shaking you off. You're gonna fall three yards the other direction. And then I'm gonna go hurdle somebody. Like it doesn't make sense. Like he, if everybody hits their sliders up to a hundred, like Darnell Washington is Gronk. If his sliders are a hundred, like if the ceiling is there, he he will be Gronk again. But it's just, can you, can he 
really gain like complete motor control when he's that big, that long, like, and and proven to be at the combine at least that fast and that quick. Mm-hmm. But he's also like generating explosive plays. Him and Musgrave are the only ones that are generating like true explosive plays in terms of yards per reception that are in line with guys like, you know, like Andrews, like Kittle, right? Like hitting this. I, Paul Noonan talked about it when he did on Acme Packing, and he was like, you know, hitting this threshold of yards per reception is is a big deal for these elite tight ends. And the two that did it in this class were Washington and Musgrave. They do it in different ways, but. I mean, there's there's so much in in his favor. There's so much in his favor that some team, probably before forty two or forty five, unfortunately, is going to be like, yes, we're absolutely swinging. I kind of hope it's not the Chiefs because the league's in trouble. I think if it is them, <laughs> that would be um, wild. Yeah, I keep doing that. I keep like mocking it to see if people get like that angry. It's like ah, one of these tight ends fell to Kansas City and they just took him. Uh, but like someone is gonna is gonna probably make that move and. Yeah, it's 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 it feels true boomer bust, but I think I think the floor for him is like really good blocking tight end. Like he'll he'll survive there and be, maybe be a little bit less of what Lewis is as an absolute floor. But boy, he's exciting! Like it's, he's super powerful too. Just watching him push the sled, the combine. The other guys are you know taking thirty steps to move it an inch, and he's like three steps and he pushed the sled five yards. So you're like, holy crap! I would be absolutely terrified to be a defensive back. <laughs> And he's lined up out there. I'm like, oh, please don't be throwing a please don't be throwing a screen to the perimeter. Please don't be throwing a screen to the perimeter. I'm going to I'm going to get blown up. Like it's it it's it's got to be scary seeing him coming down at like at you. It. I have a theory that if he's on your team, you cannot and you if you've run him up the middle of the field, like in the seam and stuff enough times, you can't throw a pick in the middle of the field because. If he just does like the high school where you, ah, you yell at him when you're running, the safety's just gonna like drop the ball. It's like six, what is he like six <laughs> yeah. seven, two eighty? He's a defensive end coming down at you. I don't know. He's he's a freak. There was talk about it moving to tackle. That those conversations have <laughs> been had, and it's nuts. It, it's it's Jason Peters like it's it's. I mean, if if that actually happened. I don't wild. think it will. It seems like he is slimmed because I know yeah, he was listed at like 275 at Georgia. He's down okay. to like, I think 264 now. So it's clear that okay. he is like set on playing tight end, but like he could probably play tackle. Yeah. I wonder, probably. I wonder if something like that, say he busts out and he isn't very good his first few years. Cause that was like that freaking uh, Bronson Kafusi who we had on the roster oh, a couple of yeah. years back. Cause he was draft. He was a first or second round pick as a defensive lineman. It didn't work out. And then he, converted to tight end i mean he didn't make it in the league or anything but at least they gave him a try just because of that athletic frame and everything that he had going for him but yeah that short shuttle Uh, would work really well i think as a tackle like that that time would that would be freaky for sure uh moving on to defense again you know we i don't think we have as huge glaring needs on defense as we do on offense but that front seven could obviously use some help Preston's getting old, Gary coming off that ACL, and Jaron Reed and Dean Lowry leaving. And I'm still so thankful that the Vikings gave Dean Lowry that contract. I still can't believe that that happened. But, I mean, the defensive front there, a lot of different names, a lot of hard names to pronounce, at least for me being a casual. But the first three rounds, it seems like there's a lot of different options, especially at edge. couple guys on the defensive line. I like Dexter from Florida. He seems to be a really powerful dude who 
God, if we go defense, I don't know if he'd last all the way to the third or what, but I mean, I, I really like uh, Felix out of Kansas State. I just watch him, and it's like just the way he moves, it's like this looks like someone who's going to be a phenomenal pass rusher who would be great to pair with Rashawn Gary. But, Jake, what are you thinking on the edge in the defensive line class, I guess, this year? Edge is deep, and it's a very pick-your-flavor. Right, like obviously the Packers brought in Will McDonald uh, for a visit. That would be incredible uh, to see him in green and gold. Like he has, I, 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 I just can't believe for like as thin as he looks when he's out there playing like that he like is able to generate enough power and obviously has the length to do it, but generates power, you know, good ankle flexion. He's playing with good leverage and, and he like can set an edge against like huge offensive tackles just at that 238. I think he got up to 246 for the pro day. Somebody told me and like, it, it doesn't make sense how he does that. Like that is, is, is kind of rarefied air for somebody of his size. And like, you won't see like a Nolan Smith or a Nick Herbig type do what he's doing. And Iowa state obviously played him at four. I a lot, very similar to what, what Alabama did with Will Anderson is like, all right, this is, your best position. We need you to control a gap and a half for us. And he did it while also, you know, getting to the quarterback at a pretty decent clip for somebody who played so often inside the tackle. And he has the most wicked spin move inside spin of anybody in this class. Like, I don't know how he can generate that much, you know, force when he's turning that quick and he, he has the length to clear guys out. So he doesn't, so it doesn't get stopped. And like he can go to that, he can get you around the edge. He can trim it with the rip move. Like, if the Packers wanted to bend a little bit for him, yeah, count me in. Like, no doubt about it. Um, I, I think it's more likely that they're in on Van Ness and Murphy. Um, at thirteen, Murphy to me, Murphy is very Gary esque because it's like ah, it's all there, right? Like he's powerful. He is a great run defender. Like the Packers will like. Like he's bigger, stronger. It's just like, okay, well, you know, you need to, you got to figure out how to win as a pass rusher. Like, we got to figure this out. Like, the production should have been better this past year than it was. Like, he had eight and a half uh, sacks and 14 tackles for loss in 2021, and it just didn't take the step. And, like, I know they've inched him more inside, like, straight up on the tackle, but, like, he's still getting plenty of snaps where he's getting the, the, the free run. He's getting the runway, and it's just, it isn't being capitalized on. It scares me a little bit, but then again, Gary scared me. So, you know, the heck do I know, right? Uh, I would I would be much more intrigued with Van Ness because that is like the true like I think he is the Broderick Jones of edge rushers. It's like just let him figure it out. You know, Gary comes back hopefully, you know, mid season or something. You got Preston, you got Enigbare. You let him kind of figure things out. Maybe let him rush on the interior a little bit where he he definitely had success. There aren't many guys that unlock the momentum and the power that he can he can generate when he is you know generating enough like stride length and explosion within his hips off the snap like he need he gets choppy and that's the problem with him like where he's not gaining any ground but when he does and like the technique is there and he I think he probably is just feels like he's you know he's not thinking about anything in his head then it's dangerous because you see him driving Paris Johnson back Peter Skronsky back like there is nobody he can't run over. It's just that's his game right now. It's like, how hard can I run into you to hopefully collapse the pocket? But 
I mean, nickname Hercules, tremendous athlete, like still super young. Yeah, why not? Like that would be, I'd be okay with it. Um, just because I think I've, I've learned to be like, all right, you know, some of these guys are going to take time, right? It's not all going to be instant, you know, gratification. So I'd be good with any of those guys early. You mentioned Enrique Izama. Very much, very different type of player. Like he's not, you know, he's not going to be like Ojolari who wins like around the arc, right? And dips like he's not the bendy guy, but like, my goodness, does he have a counter for like everything thrown at him? Like his hands, usually like guys don't coming into the league are like, oh, I win speed to power, right? That's my game. And like, teach me the toolbox. And Azama doesn't have the explosiveness that some of these guys have or like the the like the relentless power that some of these guys have. He's just like, all right, I got to find a way to win and I'm going to do it. And he does. I think he'd be a fantastic pick in, in one of the 40s. So and, and there's so many names in the class that you can go up and down. Like Zach Harrison is very much a Packer in the way he he plays. Bosky from Notre Dame has been mocked there for for a long time. You know, back in the fall, like they are, just, it's loaded. They're going to take one. It's just when. And and now that they have, you know, what five picks in the first, uh, what one sixteen, that yeah. I think one of them will surely be edge rusher. Yeah, it's crazy how deep. It's been the last two years, too, because, you know, getting J.J. in the fifth last year was great on top of it. And, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see it. It's one of those where it's like, God, if of all our needs, it's really not that high up there. But it's so hard to pass on these guys when, you know, there's going to be someone you could probably plug in in like the third round just about or at least take a lot of snaps, which usually isn't the case on a freaking position like edge. A defensive line, I know, is you brought up Dexter. If he can get off yeah. the snap like regularly on time and like plays lower, forget it. I don't think a center can handle him. You're gonna it, it might take two. Like so, it, it's just literally like work on the pad level, work on work on placement of your hands, like get in tight with your hands, and then get off the snap at a reasonable time. And it's it's curtains because I don't. It, it will be very difficult for teams to be like, yes, we have to handle, you know, Kenny Clark. We have to handle Wyatt's explosiveness and then handle Dexter's power. I don't, I would, I would, I would hate the game plan against that if Dexter figures it out. But like, I think Mozzie Smith is the other guy that I would really want in green and gold because he is the one tech, you know, space eating guy, but he has pass rush upside. And I don't know if that three cone time was real, right? He didn't run. He didn't do the three cone at the combine, but it was like a sub seven for a 330 pound player, which is just shouldn't be possible um, really. But if he can somehow get down there or if the Packers want to, you know, package like 42 and 78, I think it gets you to like, if you're using the trade value chart, it gets you like 27, which is I think where a lot of people think Mozzie's going to go around there somewhere, Buffalo, New Orleans, Philly. That would be another guy that I think would mesh really well because he would just, you'd stick him at nose and you have, both guys who can flank him in five-man fronts perfectly in Clark and Wyatt. And then Kenny Clark doesn't have to worry about like, oh, I have to align at one tech now. Like, you don't have to worry about that anymore if, if you get Mozzie Smith on your team. Oh, that's interesting. I just, I just feel so bad for Kenny every year. And I tricked myself last year, too, signing Jerron Reed. I'm like, oh, we finally got someone to help Kenny out. And even Wyatt, you know, the first half of the year, it's like, God, he wasn't getting snaps, but be nice you know something like you feel it when you go up against a team like the eagles when their front seven just dominates and i feel like we've never we haven't had that in so long in green bay it would be nice to get someone 
someone there who can at least be that Robin to Kenny's Batman, but we'll see. Uh, Moving on to the secondary, again, kind of a weird spot, almost like offensive tackle as far as the roster is right now, where we have Darnell Savage coming back on that terrible fifth-year option. Uh, Rudy Ford signed his one-year deal. Uh, and then that Tavarius Moore, who has played a lot of snaps for the Niners the last few years, but they're all on one-year deals. So you would think we're going to try to get someone here, but unfortunately, as far as you know, the Packers and what they look for, there isn't a lot of good options. Branch seems to be the one guy who's been brought up. They've brought in Jamie Smith or Jamie Robinson from FSU, uh, Javarius Martin from Illinois. They both came in, but... Nothing really great this year. It seems like we kind of missed the mark last year when it was a little deeper class. But what do you think, Jake? Yeah, I, I honestly could not believe they weren't proactive last year. It's been a goody thing to like be proactive at a position where you know you're going to lose guys. I was very surprised that neither Dax Hill nor Jaquan Brisker were Packers. That that was very surprising uh, by the end of two rounds. Like I was hoping they I was I knew it was receiver, obviously, right when they moved 53 and 59. But I'm like, man, if they got brisker here, sweet. Like, OK, I know it's a lost year at receiver. Like, dang it. Like, but man, brisker would have been nice on this team. Yeah, I think it really does. Unfortunately, start and end with branch very much so like it, it's. He's going to probably if, if which again, Green Bay traditionally probably doesn't go after this type of player normally in the first they, they like a little bit more, you know, speed, explosiveness, but Ryan Branch is darn good. Like he, I, he played true safety in high school. And I know Nick Saban values the star in the slot position extremely heavily in his scheme. Like you have to do a lot of different things and Branch just does them. Like he is the ultimate player who will fall between like 25 and 35 because he doesn't play like, oh, he's not a lockdown corner or he's not a great pass rusher. He's not a great tackle. And he's just really, really good. Like you don't, there aren't a lot of safeties unless you're, you know, Kyle Hamilton's size that are going super early now. Like you have to be big and fast and strong, but branch just does it all. Like he'll read quarterback size. Like when he's in, you know, kind of curl flat zones and like, he'll, he'll be able to carry guys. Like I know, like, Oh, he's not fast, but then, you know, last play of the Mississippi game this year, who's he carrying and, and closing the window and breaking the pass up on Jonathan Mingo. So, I mean, great tackler, great blitzer. I think probably to me, the second or third best processor in the class right now at safety, and he just knows where to be. He knows what's happening in front of him. I know Savage is playing that position, but it's an immediate upgrade if you go branch. Like if they they trade down and get branch, that's, I mean, a, a great signal to be like, okay, we trust branch to do everything in this defense, play him anywhere. And he'll figure it out. Yeah, God, it's it's funny because now, you know, we have these picks, but it's just so tough for me because it's, you know, like you said, it's in that weird spot. You can't really, you don't feel great about taking them at 13 now. And it's not like there's going to be anyone else there in the second round that you'd feel great about taking, you know. It, it does seem like this, this class isn't very top heavy, but it's kind of deep with all these edge guys. But I don't know, it's... I wish we had more of a need at corner this year, but we, but we've got Eric Stokes who still trying to figure out what he's going to be. You know, Keyshawn sounds like he's going to play in the slot, but that's still only one year deal. So I don't know, kind of a goofy spot to be in. Well, what's the possibility of like, you take Razul, put him at safety and draft 
I don't know, Joey Porter Jr.? How fun would that be? I got a funny feeling if he's not picked at 12 that Christian Gonzalez is going to be available when the Packers select. And I have a feeling it's going to be hard to pass on him. And I, I, that's one of like bold predictions right now is like Gonzalez or Banks is like the early pick. And people are like, what is going on? This makes no sense. You know what the <laughs> needs are. What are you doing? And, and you know, when, when Rasul Douglas can play safety and Gonzalez has like, you know, seven picks in 2024, you're like, oh, wow, that that made perfect sense. Like <laughs> he is a great pick. Ideally, if you're going to go corner, like I mentioned, it, it, Witherspoon would be the guy to fall to you because he can play in the slot and it, and it gives you more options to be like, okay, we can see what we have with Stokes now or we can see, you know, Douglas doesn't have to move necessarily because I think it, it, as much as it, it should work for Alexander in the slot, it just doesn't seem to. I don't know why because he's he's tremendously quick. I just He just seems to be a lot more comfortable in the boundary, but yeah, if Witherspoon... I, 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 we all know, I'm pretty sure by now, I think, like, we, we don't know much, but I feel like we all pretty much have decided, like, Witherspoon's going to be in the division, unfortunately, and he's going to be on the ascending team in the division. Yeah, he's it probably, sounds like he's going to go to the Lions. Yeah, he's probably going sixth, which stinks. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think corner is – it It could be one of the first five picks, and I think a lot of people will be very shocked hmm. with that. I think, you know, not to go back to the well necessarily, but I, I – I very much wonder how much Gutekunst is going to be kind of like salivating at the fact that Keely Ringo is still available at 42. Like that's, I think it's very possible. I know people are talking about it moving to safety, but it's that's, that's a difficult transition for one. I think Douglas understands the game more in terms of everything in the coverage to play that. I think Ringo's kind of just been turn and run a lot at Georgia, but athletically, you know, 200 207 pounds like most of the guys are 198 like big strong fast that seems like a goody pick no um yeah God, it's just so tough to like think that joe barry is gonna put these guys in the right that's place. the thing oh, is like wouldn't ringo be more of like a press guy yep. and then but how good it, can he press from 15 yards off the ball maybe he can do that that would be cool <laughs> It's always been the thing with Stokes, but it doesn't seem to stop Goody from trying. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, and, and I like Julius Brents a lot, but he needs to be doing that as well. Like he has to be up, up there in your face. And so that starts to like make this corner, this corner class kind of dwindle. If they were to like break the thresholds for anybody, like it would be Witherspoon for sure. DJ Turner might be the other one who you are like, Oh, well that he's fast and has good technique, but he plays really good in press. But like, is he fast enough to, handle off coverage can he be the new slot corner is going to be really fun to watch for green bay um for me at least i know for like most fans they're going to be like no please do not do not do this do not do this to us again like don't take another corner but like you, you could and if we go back to safe you could like i know pff grades jartavius martin as a corner because he played slot corner he played you know on the perimeter against northwestern or michigan and he can play safety as well like that would be maybe the quote-unquote corner or safety they would pick. I know they brought him in for a visit. That seems very like pick 78, like just hmm. keep it in mind because I think he's probably going to go earlier than it's crazy to say than guys like Sidney Brown, who a lot of people really like and Jimmy Robinson, who also came in for a visit, but like corner safety, if you count him as a corner are like first five picks, I feel like someone's going to be available. That's going to tempt Goody and it might just happen. And 
I think a lot of people are going to be upset. But. Yeah, it's it's just not sexy. I it's and I wonder if Goody's going to like learn his lesson from not taking wideouts in uh what 2020 and then 2021 cuz that's what really bit us in the butt last year, you know. Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs seem to be decent players, but god, it's just it's so tough to keep the train rolling without getting those guys that can rise up, you know, behind and I don't know. I, I like what you're saying, too, at corner, how that's going to piss off guys. I still remember the year when we drafted Demarius Randall and oh. Quentin Rollins, like, back-to-back, back, and everyone's like, God, I think we still had Tremont at the time and Sam Shields and everything, but, yeah, I don't know. Not after Jair, you know, that, that year when it was Jair and Justin Jackson, I was like, or wait, was it Justin Jackson? Josh Jackson, yeah. Josh yeah. Jackson, yeah, Josh Jackson. Where I think most Packer fans... We're excited about Jackson, and then Jair ended up being being the guy who's you know a superstar now. So well, didn't I don't know. didn't Josh Jackson have like a bunch of picks, and he had like a long, big hands and a long wingspan, and he looked fun. Yeah, yeah he couldn't run faster or change direction That's okay. much, but had a lot yeah. of fun conversations with some folks about those two guys back in the summer of 2018 about who oh, yeah. was going to be the guy in the room. Because uh, I, I again, yeah, you see the interceptions and you're wowed by it. It's like, well, he's not fast. It's like, well, he might need, kind of need to be fast and quick to cover guys. And then, I think that's where the safety talk emerged, like, pretty quickly, right? For him, was like, oh, he can't, he can't, yeah. he can't run with with anyone. Um, but God, and I don't even think he's in the league anymore, unless he was bounced around on practice squads. Because I know we did that swap with God. What? Who do, who did we j- get for? I think we got. Oh shoot, Isaac Yadam, right? I think that's who they yep. got for him. That. Yep, that's who it was. Yeah. God and. Isaac Yadam, I believe he was the guy, so we traded for him. And then that game at Soldier Field, he started, got one series. The one time Joe Barry like was good at working with personnel, had one series, pulled him, put Razul Douglas in, and the rest is history. I think Yadam, I don't know if he really even suited up much after that, at least on defense. But yeah, always always fun stuff talking about legends like uh, Yadam there. Um Moving on, I guess we covered most of the positions. I kind of like running back this year, too. It makes sense with Dylan being in the last year of his contract and last year kind of being underwhelming when, you know, I don't know, especially the first half of the year. I, I know Justice Mosqueda was calling him Plotzilla, which seemed pretty accurate at the time. But uh, I don't I we're going pretty long here. But, Jake, what uh, you touched on a couple, but do you have any bold predictions for this year's draft for the Packers? Yeah, I think they're going to take a running back for sure. Um, I don't know if that's bold or not. I <laughs> yeah. you just got me start. You just got me thinking about Bajan Robinson at pick thirteen. I know he's going to be. Yeah. I think he's going to be available unless Atlanta picks yeah. him. Like, I know that that is you know very frowned upon. Um, but man, that would be exciting. Uh, I I really think like Bajan Robinson is like McCaffrey with like. A, a, a weight room attached to him basically like that's the player you're getting i think immediately and you talk about you think corner you think corner would be upsetting holy moly the internet's burning down there would be yeah there would be a lot of uh, it's oh, pro football focus would get ready again oh yes with their little clip to put out yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i think if if they're like gonna i, I know we, you want to do bold prediction but if they're like gonna go running back i think Bijan's teammate Roshan Johnson is like if you're not bringing back Dylan there's your next Dylan hmm. 
like dude just dude is lead blocking for for Robinson a bunch. He's he's literally like he is the split zone backside blocker when they run sometimes. Like you don't ask running backs to do that very often. And he's like powerful bowling ball, like pretty solid speed when he gets in the open field, like pretty good footwork, you know, can slalom a little bit like Robinson can, like pick seventy eight. Another guy that I wouldn't rule out there as well, like Oh, that, oh man. <laughs> it's just, it's funny thinking about it when like, you know, the needs are very defined and it's like, really, you're going to go running back again? You're going to go running yeah, back Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if we need another 2020 draft of Jordan Love, AJ Dillon and Josiah DeGuara all, all there where it's like, okay, this was a lot of backup. Well, we'll, we'll see what Jordan could, Love is. In fact, you could do that, right? Will Levis, Roshan Johnson, Josh Wiley. You can God, do that. <laughs> well, uh, a guy that would be, you know, I'm wondering if Hooker falls. Maybe that would be the guy to scoop up late. But it sounds like he could still go in the first round. I don't know. I yeah. just, it, it would be very interesting to see Packers Twitter if we took a quarterback in the first or second round for how much you know the love lovers are out there and would kind of smash whatever type of narrative is going on for Goody's team building. I guess. Yeah. What. What a what a uh, what a ten minutes it would be if somehow Anthony Richardson was on the was available at pick thirteen. What a ten minutes that would be! I know we're throwing a lot of hypotheticals out <laughs> here right be, now. Yeah, it'd take a lot to get. To the this. listeners are are fuming. I almost <laughs> guarantee it right now. That, but I I I am I'm, I'm a, I've decided to like not be like the like mad reactionary fan anymore and just like yeah you know what be inflammatory a little bit why not you know <laughs> well <laughs> speak, enjoy people's speak reactions of, speaking of that and maybe we can kind of finish on this i'm curious what your thoughts are on jordan love going into this year because i've been probably a little too negative on the podcast and even looking at how things have gone you know just how the team building's been i'm like you know what would be a good year for the Packers to draft a quarterback this year? You know, sitting at, well, 13 now, but if we were at 15, still kind of, I don't know what would have happened, the whole butterfly effect, but if we never had Jordan Love and we kind of let the quarterback issue come to us instead of attacking it so far ahead like we did, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on Jordan Love and I guess maybe even that whole process that Goody went through. Yeah, I think I I quite liked Jordan Love in that year and and that has clearly uh not panned out to this point. Uh it's very clear that, you know, obviously the first three selected and Jalen Hurts have been pretty at least two has been pretty good if you want to go mm-hmm. like that far. The other three have been, you know, now with Hurts breaking out have been sensational. So it's like, okay, well, one guy left in these uh, top sixty picks it was one of those at quarterback that that needs to prove himself. But I think Love had a lot of like I think he was very much the like, oh, this is like Rogers tendencies that like aren't good, but he can get away with them. And that's like what kind of he was in college was like, oh, I can, you know, roll left, you know, kind of just flick the ball in the air, like with no feet on the ground. Right. Not squaring up and like hit guys 50 yards down the field because, you know, I'm just that talented. And he was exceptionally talented. And that's obviously why he was a first round pick. But I think he got. I think he he got a lot of the Levis effect, which is uh, obviously a whole other conversation to have about the draft. But like he went from, you know, 
guys he knew chemistry, you know, in terms of receivers, in terms of running backs, and then a new system that was brought in that that system was honestly not very good. And like, you know, he kind of got that treatment where it was like, he kind of had to just figure it out and like kind of carry them a little bit more than, than he did the year prior and got him into a little trouble in terms of like, you know, reading the field. I think, you know, he's missing underneath linebackers in his final year and just kind of bit off more than he could chew with some of the interceptions, but obviously the velocity was great. Like he could layer throws with touch. Right. But also it's, it's, it's all those things that brought you back to what made Rogers and, and has made Rogers so special is like uh, off script. Like my man can just, you know, like I said earlier, just roll, be rolling left, still be like drifting left and just fling the ball 60 yards. And he, you know, on a dime, you know, in tight coverage and, and it's a touchdown. Like he, he has all of the talent in the world. It's just, can he hone the footwork? Can the upper and lower body work together right in one fluid motion? And I think the Philly game, you saw that a little bit of like, okay, everything is kind of working together. Like he is off play action. We're squaring up and we are firing immediately, like on time. The throw he made to Aaron Jones that was ultimately dropped is the throw, right? If there was one throw and one play where you're like, that's true. (laughs) It's clicked with him. And like, if you really want to be the optimist, we're like, it is clicked completely like we are we are good now it's the oh i saw i saw slaying trap coverage there you think i you, I know you're baiting me and i'm throwing it to jones and i know i'm gonna I, and i know it's gonna get there on time and it did and right then i i i had the same feeling because richardson did that actually against georgia in a game but I, I had that same thought when i saw that throw i'm like oh man if he has figured out post snap how to see things and and everything in the footwork looks better, right? And, and he doesn't. It doesn't look like everything's just kind of him scrambling around and and like you know having everything be off platform or falling away. That it might it might be, he might be cooking. And and if they can, you know, and this is the draft to do it, right? It's either I, I agree with what you said. Like this could be the draft to take the quarterback, but this could all. This is also the one that everybody's been talking about since Rogers said he wants to go to the Jets. Is you have the opportunity now? Three picks in the first forty-five. Offense, offense, offense. You've built the defense up as best you could, year after year after year. Let's just get everything in place and, and really see if he has honed in everything that that kind of was a negative on his scouting report back in twenty twenty. Yeah, it's a weird spot to be in, too, because I know listening to Wildy and Tausch, they're talking about, you know, this kind of being a rebuild, but it's like, well, if you're re- rebuilding, why aren't you, you know, cutting guys, removing guys like Preston Smith and David Bakhtiari? And it's like a weird kind of half assed thing you got to do because you also need to evaluate what Jordan Love is. You can't get rid of, you know, the left tackle and other guys around him. It's, I don't know, it's a goofy spot to be in. For, for me, it's like, and I've got, no problems with Jordan Love or anything. It's just the way Goody went about it was tough. And when the other quarterbacks he's liked are Deshaun Kaiser, and we were very close to drafting Drew Locke with the 12th pick in 20, uh, what, yeah, 2019, like Jason Wilde reported that there were Slack messages being sent within the Packers organization preparing people to get ready for Drew Locke, but they ended up going with Gary. And that's where I'm like, God, if... It seems like less of a I love Jordan Love thing and more of a they wanted a quarterback thing. But I 
I don't know. It's I'm very excited to see what it's going to be, but I really hope a year from now we're not going to be sitting here like looking for the next guy in the draft. All it takes is one year. <laughs> Literally 365 days ago it was. You know what? This is Jalen Hurts' eval year. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's the guy. I, I'm we're really not yep. sure. Can he figure yep. it out? And they did what they needed to do, right? AJ Brown in the building, and everything took off, right? It's yes, it's only a, it's a rebuild kind of, but it's only a rebuild. Uh, but if the quarterback takes off, rebuild done, we're full steam ahead. Like it, and it w- wouldn't it be interesting to be like you know a year from now if if Love had taken off and it's like wow, Goody was super close to drafting Kaiser and Locke. But ultimately, he stayed patient <laughs> yeah. and got the right guy two years and one year, or three years and one year later. That would yeah. be something. God. Situation feels so important, too, for a quarterback, too. Like, you send some of these guys to the Wolves on day one, and it's like, I just feel like some of those guys could have had a chance, but after two, three years in the league and, not, not much success. Nobody wants to, you don't want to build a quarterback up after that. Just, they just move on. There's like, it, my point, I guess, is maybe like, maybe Drew Locke could have had a different fate had he not just <laughs> walked out into the, I mean, he just got torched, right? Like, what do you do with a guy like that that maybe needs a year or two? Because you talk about like with Jordan Love and there wasn't a ton of, like, the interesting thing was, what was it, two years ago, two off seasons ago? It was like, why aren't we hearing more about, like, more excitement from the beat writers about Jordan Love? And, like, we're not really hearing much, not really hearing much. And then we get to, like, this year, and it's like, oh, like, watching him in the Philly game, like, granted, like, my take is it's a small sample size, so I'm still a little nervous. Sure. But it's like, there was, I didn't really see anything. I mean, there's nothing scary about his performance. Like, it was a good performance. It was solid. He looked confident, like. And there was a lot of things, I think, to be excited about. And it just feels to me like a couple of years ago, there wasn't a lot of excitement. And he just like seems to have turned the corner, at least in the eyes of the people that are close to the organization. So, And, and there wasn't like any talk two years ago, which is like telling. Like They're not just building him up for no reason. Yeah. Th- that's the media availability that Matt LaFleur had at the owners' meetings or whatever. And I'm surprised more people didn't like find the clip and put it out there but they ask him about Jordan Love and he starts his statement with uh yeah you know at the beginning there we weren't really sure about him and he kind of laughs like he's like he wasn't very good and other guys have said like his rookie year especially he really didn't look good but I don't know well we'll have to see either way very exciting but the God, it's still <sighs> the ultimate yeah. quarterback take is it literally doesn't matter landing spots everything like Maybe just don't even bother scouting the position and just see where they land. Like, that's like the ultimate take at QB is kind of like, and I think, like, perfect example. Like, I think, you know, when you look at Jalen Hurts, obviously, perfect spot. Like, we we talked our everyone's ear off about the 2021 quarterback class, right? Lawrence, Fields, um, Lance, Wilson, and, and Jones. And Kenny Pickett lands with the Steelers. And if they build everything right, like, Pickett ends up better than, you know, maybe f- potentially four of the five guys from that, like, yeah. otherworldly toolsy class that we talked about two years ago. Like, the Pickett one might be the best example of it. And, like, the ultimate, like, okay, well, he went to a team that knows what they're doing. It's going to be fine. Yeah. it. I'm very curious to see that, too, because, like you're saying, you don't 
there aren't many examples of what's going on with having a first round pick sit as long as Jordan Love has. And on top of that, too, I think the other thing that people might be overlooking, too, is if Jordan Love is good, Tom Clements is going to go down as like the number one or most overlooked QB guru of all time to one make Aaron Rodgers who he is and then have that happen with Jordan Love. But Jake, this has been awesome. Thanks for joining us. I think we, yeah, that was probably a, a nice, decent chunk episode there. Um, your work again is awesome on YouTube, but where else can people find you at? Um, So yeah, like, like you guys, uh, I'm doing, uh, I also do the NFL draft uh, portion of the analysis for the Packer net podcast. So, you know, covering the draft in, in an audio form over there as well. Um, but yeah, obviously YouTube, uh, you can find me. Um, if you go to my Twitter at Jake NFL draft, you'll find the, you'll find the uh, link for that. I'm trying to help you guys spell my name in late in the podcast like this. Not worth, not worth it. Just, just <laughs> go to the I mean, Twitter. Well, yeah. It's there. It's there. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're uh, talking to someone with the last name Sismanowicz. Yeah. So. <laughs> there we go. We can relate. So yeah, doing a lot of things, obviously this draft season, it's, it's, uh, it's been a heck of a grind. It's, it's going to be a heck of a grind this week. Uh, but I am thrilled that the Packers have 13 and 42 now and boys, it can be interesting, uh, to see what they do. Yep. I'm looking forward to seeing your videos once we actually know who are the Packers going forward here. But, uh, with that, I don't think we have anything else. So Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us. Anyway.